Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at, whether you have HA We've got a few recovery periods. We have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join. And the link is in the show notes for you. Okay, on with the show. Accept that for us. Okay, got it. All right, there we go, guys. Congrats. How's your room? It took us 10 minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> we, yeah, what are we, 10 minutes in? Start the clock now. All good. Tech, technical stuff, you know, it's hot. It's sound hard. goes sound goes out, sound comes in. Um, how's your trip going? Is this so it's fun great. for you? 
it's so, so fun. much fun it was like she walked in the door and I was like it was just so weird to like look at her <laughs> it's weird huh? you probably felt the same thing it's so weird to meet internet people in person it's so weird but it's like <laughs> not weird at the same time because it's like we're friends yeah like I already know you it's just yeah like, you're a physical being <laughs> you're a fuse you are a physical being I can well, touch that's what, you that's what Steve said he was like as we were driving I was like oh my god I'm gonna meet Abby and like a few hours and he's like is it so weird that you know so much about her life but you've never met her before and I was like I mean when you put it that way yeah. it sounds weird when you put it that way though it, I mean it is weird like there are yeah. people that you know in real life much much less well um yeah I remember yeah. Erica Erica posted a um a meme ages ago that was just like nobody will support you more than an internet friend it's kind of <laughs> true though so accurate it's so kind of true though yeah I love like it. I have a few dietitians on Instagram that I like have connected with that I feel like are my friends yeah they are like most most of my friends are people I've met on the internet for sure yeah it's well and also because of what we do like for a lot of our work and everything is what we and what we do is on the internet yeah yeah so good it's pretty cool it's pretty cool yeah we uh had a chill night last night I took her I dragged her to the gym with me this morning crossfit oh my god did you throw up or what almost nice. I felt my nervous system is not yeah her nervous system has, isn't primed for pro- I mean it was like a partner workout it was like very much work rest yeah it but was it was good it was like yeah, it was fun. We did six rounds. First two rounds, I was like, oh yeah, this is feeling really good. Right. Second two rounds, Elise oh. was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back and chill bit. for a minute. I'm like, girl, you chill, you're good. And then the last round. Last, like, yes. last round you crushed it. Very wise. <laughs> Very wise to like rest. But but no, yeah, it was okay. a very work rest. Well, I only go on Saturdays because it's work rest, because you're always with a partner. Yeah, that's just fun. I mean, it's it's it way more fun because like you don't have to go hard. No. I mean, like it's hard. Like it's hard work, but like there's such a difference when you like are working with a partner and you have built-in rest to your workout. Like it's a game changer. Yeah. That's pretty much how it should be. Like yeah, most of the time. Okay. All the time. Well, cool guys. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Well, everybody, welcome back to the AJ podcast. We have here Abigail Grimm, formerly known as Abby Bitchell. Registered dietitian. <laughs> registered dietitian amongst other things i assume um and we're excited to have her here because she you know is a huge has had her own experience with ha she's been on the show before and um is a big advocate for women not wrecking themselves and taking care of themselves and their hormone health so excited to have her on the show here joined alongside with elise Lori. welcome back this will be your like fifth by the time this comes out um, thanks for having me mm-hmm. should we just call you a co-host <laughs> every, every like everyone's a co-host these are y'all are my co-hosts today these aren't guests Honestly. these are my co-hosts today I love that. Yeah. yes and elise um reg- registered she's not uh oh my god personal trainer and currently studying to be exercise mailed it there we go team words work. words are hard words we, are hard we are yes we are a we are a team with all of our specialties. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and we bring to you guys today the period panel. And 
we're just going to dive right in to, I have yeah. no idea what we're going to talk about today. I made an active decision to not plan anything because I just Perfect. had a feeling that we'd be able to riff pretty well. Um, and then I'm keen on what people think if they enjoyed this type of conversation, you're going to have to come let me or them know so that we know to do more of it. And if you were just like, oh, this sucks. I do not care about what any of these people have to say, then you can let me know that too. Um, and I'll make sure not offended. I write it again. <laughs> I'm too sensitive. Don't tell me that. <laughs> All right. Just come tell me. Tell me Sorry, an you're <laughs> Yeah. You're yeah. not on the back of the So I would love... I would love a little catch up. Um, I'm going to start with you, Abby, on like last time you were on the show, you had just recovered. You were mm-hmm. in preparation for your wedding. Um, when recap on where we left off and what's happening with you now. God, I don't even know where we left off. I guess I can just give a little update. Uh, I, don't, I honestly, I think it was like back when I was like recovered, maybe had my second recovery period. Yeah, probably so, second or third and you, you second were still or third. engaged yes second or third recovery period which was probably around November December of 2020 so um yeah going into the beginning of the year I guess like in the I'm sorry yes in the beginning of 2021 um there was just still a lot of waiting that I was doing as far as wanting to get back into training because obviously you know, the magical number for us is three, but being the constant type of overachiever that I am, I wanted to wait until longer. So I probably didn't start working out again until like another month after that. So I would say probably like end of January, beginning of February, I started to get back into exercise. And I personally didn't have like an exact blueprint for what this was going to look like. And looking back, I don't know if that was a good or bad thing. Honestly, I kind of just wanted to go off a feel, like see how my body felt. And um, just to kind of like make a long story short, I feel like it was from the beginning of the time I started working out again, like things went really well as far as keeping my period, like ovulation was always happening on a monthly basis but as far as the months went like it there was still like a little bit of variability um in like the exact day that I would ovulate or exactly how many days my lydial phase would be and it was all within like normal limits though so I was just happy that like I was able to start working out again because for my mental and emotional health it was like such a huge thing for me because my wedding was this past October and like, just being real, like I just wanted to feel like comfortable for my wedding. I hadn't gotten a wedding dress yet. So I really did not go, like I was not making any intentions to lose weight. I just needed to move my body. Um, And the whole other side of my personal story that we can't, we won't even probably have time to get into on the podcast is like my experience with mold exposure and how I believe that this had a, a huge role in like my recovery and has kind of to this day actually been something that um, I'm obviously still working through and has still had an influence on the consistency of my cycles. Um, and because of what I was dealing with from like a detoxification standpoint, um, like I wasn't training for months in the middle of the winter. So like I had a lot of kind of like 
negative implications of not being able to train and work out and like detoxify and sweat that like I was doing a great thing by recovering my period but like in another way I was like not healing I wasn't doing things that supported healing in that way so that was kind of tough just because I had a lot of like a lot of inflammation like a lot of um like negative um gut sign like negative signs as far as like my gut health and like my digestion and all this type of stuff. And so just being able to like move my body again and sweat and still be able to stay within the, to still be able to see consistency with my cycle, which is like such a cool thing. Cause I hadn't had that for five years. And so just kind of all throughout the spring and into the summer. Um, yeah, I just was kind of slowly ramping up my workouts. I was doing a lot of like just accessory type lifting, you know, like, um, getting, getting back to doing back squats, getting back to lifting, doing deadlifts and really just lifting the bar and doing dumbbells with pretty light weight. And then I come from the background of doing CrossFit and competing in CrossFit. So I definitely wanted to bring that back into my workouts just because, it's fun for me. And a lot of my friends are still do CrossFit. So I have enjoyed working in like one to two days of CrossFit a week early on right now. I'm back to like one day a week, but, um, it's just totally done in like a different way. It's there for fun. It's there for moving. It's there for, yeah, getting my heart rate up a little bit, but then it's like, you know, I kind of go through more of a stressful, intense workout like that, like much more seldomly. Um, and my body is definitely thanking me for it. So, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of like where I'm at. I mean, leading up to the wedding, I had, um, definitely some like weird things going on with my cycle, but I had a lot of stress for my wedding. So I wasn't really too concerned about it. I took, um, some time of, away from tracking my cycles just because I felt like it was kind of making me more stressed at times. And then, um, like after my wedding, we went on our honeymoon and I was like the most relaxed I've ever been for an entire month. And like, my cycle was perfect. Like ovulation was on the day and I had a two week luteal phase. Like it was great. And then kind of getting back into life and, you know, the, just the regular stressors of life and work and training, um, getting a dog, getting a dog has had, had a huge impact and also kind of dealing with the, onset of more symptoms related to the mold exposure I've definitely had to like be aware of the regularity of my cycle and just give myself grace for things not being perfect up to this point so I'm here in a place today where things still are not perfect like I'm still working through what my normal is and um that's good but I've still like for the most part had consistent cycles. It's just the timing of like my ovulation and my luteal phases have been a little bit like inconsistent, I would say. Mm. I hope that was a good summary. I feel like it was a little all over the place. <laughs> it was great. Um, uh, we will have, we, we will, I think we should at some point do a, a mold exposure thing. I feel like you- I would, I would like... really love to because we don't <laughs> talk about it. And I've kind of felt, you know, at times it's been hard because it's, you can't relate to people in the same way yeah and there's there's gonna be a surprising amount of people listening who are like this is a part of this is i definitely have mold exposure yeah um we chatted on the phone a couple weeks ago um and you were kind of talking about like it's been over a year right that you have been 
cycling consistently right mm-hmm. so you're just yes. like well and truly out of the like I have a J recovery yeah like sick of yes yes yeah. but right a part of that conversation was like but and I feel like I'm definitely doing everything I should be doing and mm-hmm. why is my shit not perfect yet and yes yeah. there's an element of like maybe it's mold exposure um, but what I really liked talking about this with you that day, which was at some point, I think that we're like, we all have to acknowledge that chasing the perfect period is just like not going to happen. Um, no, it's, it's not. And we get caught up in it and we're like, what's wrong? Like that's still not optimal. Right. And you know what? There's going to be those people that have like, they are like clockwork like 28 day cycles ovulate on day 14 but the reality is think about how precise we are with tracking our body like no one because we've had to and we've had to learn about our cycle to a t like we're so in tune with it where most women aren't actually getting like even women that aren't dealing with hypothalamic amenorrhea like they're probably not getting perfect cycles every single month it's just they're not aware of it So we're so aware of it and we're so dialed into our body, which isn't a bad thing. Like it's not, it, we should be tracking these things. We should be aware if there is something off because it's information for us It's information that we need to kind of dig deeper into what could be the reason for that. But like, I just love what you say, like how you mentioned that of, we are just on a different level of entunement and and awareness with our body that it's like any, yeah. It's a blessing and a curse though. Oh my God. Because yes, it is information, but you have to keep it as information and not attach yourself to it, which that was something I think we all struggle with when we go through recovery. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, it's really just like uh, helping us make the next best decision. And it's not, it just doesn't mean anything. And there is that popular saying of like your your periods, like a report card, which I think is super cool. And it's important, like the one caveat I have to it is like a report card is like, uh, you know, you did good or you did bad. And, and that's one yeah. thing, that, one thing that I would change about that. It's like, it's a, it's a status dashboard. <laughs> yeah. Like how things that's are great. Going. You, know, you can sliding scale it. And now the thing that I loved about our conversation that day, and this is, just feels really relevant to you too, um, at least they seem like just very similar right like uh I'm always trying to optimize it and sometimes when it's not you know I I forget that it's just information and sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel bad about it because this is a very common thing and this is something so many people are afraid of and I get people all the time I don't want to start charting because I think it'll stress me out or I want to stop because it'll stress me out and so we need to keep talking about this but Mm -hmm you're never going to see it be quote unquote perfect or maybe like you will but it's going to be like the unicorn right and you're like oh my god how fun I had a you know a cycle that hit all the parameters yay like that that is fun but it, it's going to happen because you're on vacation or something you know like the stars aligned and that's like what we were saying was uh we don't live in a world a culture a society where like you're gonna have a perfect cycle it's just like, that's no. not where the example that, that I had said when we were talking was like, mm-hmm. we're not, we should all be sitting around a little campfire making tortillas by hand, 
Just like we happy. should be doing that. We should be making our own tortillas from flour. Can like we do that from flour? Can we yeah. like organize this? This yeah. is like yeah. We should we'll go tribal ha ha camp tribal edition, where we're just being Sweet. tribes women. Tribal edition. In we're tribe tribe women. We're gonna all be in the in nature. We're gonna be making tortillas by hand. We're gonna be gathering berries, and we're gonna be like there's children around or something. I don't know right because absolutely this, but that's what we were evolutionarily built and designed to do and so we're living in this world that's got tons and tons and tons of chronic stress all around us which brings women to the comparison trap of like well she's handling all this so why can't i handle all this mm -hmm. and so we've we've developed a baseline level of stress that we think it is not is not stress is no it's just like the normal day-to-day -day of life which is just like actually for those tribes women over there making their tortillas is a very stressful right right like that's actually high stress for them so what's high stress for us is like is a wild amount of stress and like a like a wedding or you know crossfitting every single day and having a job and client work so um that that's yeah, like we definitely normalize so much of it and it's going to impact your cycle every every month yeah and it comes down to how well are you able to manage that and and of course what is your perception like we can do all the things in the world but it comes down to how you perceive it so like how you are feeling and anticipating whatever your ta your tasks are and how you handle it is a lot of times how it's what the impact that it's actually going to have on you and the, the reality is that most of us know we need to manage our stress but we just don't really do it it's not something that we consciously are actually working on like working on supporting our mental health and down regulating our stress response because we just don't care like we don't we can't pri prioritize that when sh sh stuff has to get done immediately. Like, yeah, well, yeah, we can't, we can't, like, we struggle to also just say no and and not have things in our life that need to get done immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a because it's just it's how we we have all agreed to to live. <laughs> It's like we're all in in on this together, oh, but nobody back. wants to be doing it. <laughs> Yes. Why are we here? How do we get out? Life. Yeah, like life. We've all agreed that like these Why things are important and we're all talking about how bad it is from it. Right. We should probably have more conversations about this. Like, can we all just decide that? <laughs> well, we're trying, right? The, uh, we the issue, yeah. the issue is like the next step of the issue is, oh, th that's for you and not for me. Mm -hmm. you're like the two of you it's totally fine for you guys to just like say no to stuff you should totally detox social media don't have it if you don't want to you know if you only want to work like three four days a week like I support you right I can't do any of that that's it's not me my problems are different mm -hmm. well that also comes from recovery because the other day on a community call within the HA society we were talking about how like some of these girls that are still in recovery and they're looking at other women like, oh yeah, that's so great. You can recover, you gain the weight, you look really good. But me, no, like I'm not gonna look good if I gain weight or I 
you know, I'm not sick enough to recover. And that's so it's still the same trend. We've just that's very true. taken that to a different aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just shuffle it around a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Elise, like, how about you? What are you shuffling around? Um, I feel like I'm just trying to navigate post-recovery and really understanding that I'm not, you know, broken anymore, that my body is functioning and that I can push my body and it will give me feedback if it's too much, if it's, you know, just enough. So I think last cycle I had a pretty good cycle, nice and like relatively short because for me I've kind of always had longer cycles like closer to the 35 days um but I had a nice short one with cycle day 16 ovulation and it's because I was road tripping and I took a whole week off exercise so I think for me that's taught me that obviously exercise is a stressor on my body but the amount that I'm doing is still okay it just makes my cycle five days longer it's still within the normal range. And I think I'm just kind of now mentally getting ready to push myself a little bit more and just trust that my body's going to do it because very similar to Abby, you know, our recovery is pretty much lined up and that's how we got so close is because I had my first recovery period, then she had hers and then we almost had our second around the same time. So like, we've just been like tagging each other along the way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, so like similar, like I've ha had, you know, 14 recovery periods now within, you know, 18 months of actually working on recovery. So I'm well out of the, like the woods of HA. And I think it's probably time for me to start just pushing a bit more. If, that's something, if that's something that you want yeah. to do. Yeah. Like, I think that's really important to bring up is that like, Elise and I kind of both come from a place where like fitness and working out is like a huge part of who we are, right? It's like something that we enjoy. Now there's times of our life where it was taken to the extreme as exactly. we know. Yeah. Um, but like for me, I guess I shouldn't speak for you, but like for me personally, like I've been an athlete my whole life. And this goes back to my original HA story where I personally did not have, like I didn't necessarily struggle with an eating disorder or um, I definitely had disordered eating patterns being a highly competitive CrossFit athlete, but I truly was always driven and my motive was to compete, to be a competitor and to see what my body was capable of because I love competition. I love sport. And so for me, my end goal here is obviously I want to be really healthy, but I also want to see what my body is capable of doing in a body that's functioning right. So that's why, like, I definitely think because of the way my recovery lined up and like with, I hate to throw this in there, but like my wedding being a part of it and like maybe doing like pushing exercise a little bit too much early on, like I'm realizing that I've had to realize that a little bit, but also I just want to be an advocate and be leading by example of a person who you can still be an athlete if that's something that you want to do. You can still compete in sport if that is something that you want to do and be in a body that is functioning really well. 
for as whereas for some people i think a lot of the motive to like work out so much and overtrain and all this stuff is it it's coming from a different a little bit of a different place and not that there's one a right or a wrong way but i'm just saying like i know there's a lot of women out there that maybe didn't really realize what was going on um i mean there a lot of us don't really understand what was going on i guess i should say but just really come from a place of loving sport and loving competition and being able to like still be someone that you know can define themselves as an athlete i guess yeah it's not your weight shape or size yeah. that defines you as an athlete it's your ability your ability your ability to perform that. your yeah. desire to compete and to push your potential yeah yeah whereas my like reasons for exercising have completely changed when i was you know prior to hi recovery it was to not gain weight or to just actively you know shrink myself really just be as small as i could be and you know, I always wanted to be strong. And I look back at my time and like, I was just, I plateaued. Like I didn't get stronger. I wasn't making any progress in the gym. Oh, girl, same. Now with my training, like I take a whole week off over Christmas. I'm taking a week off now. Like I regularly take weeks off exercise and that's completely fine. Like I enjoy my time. I went and did a CrossFit workout with Abby this morning. Um, probably won't do that again anytime soon. <laughs> but like, you know, it, I enjoyed it, but it also made me realize, like, wow, I used to do these kinds of workouts, like high intensity, every day. like every day, every day. And no wonder I was just running on adrenaline and cortisol. But now my goal for training is just to see, like, just to get stronger and actually see improvements in the gym it has no, no link to what my body looks like. It's all about what my body can do while still right. ovulating regularly. <laughs> profound right like you know yeah, <laughs> yeah i know two yeah. years ago i would have been like you're kidding are we <laughs> off the gym no for sure hey are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally i thought that might be you and if so we have created our best ever yet resource for you totally free this is a master class i've called it my master class because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So... In this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start 
with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. So, I, I mean, like the other thing that needs to be said too is that I, we are so, um, you know, we're sort of like in a camp in the AJ space sometimes, right? Like you're either all in or you're all out. And, yeah. um, and like, you know, they're, they're the fact, like you said, CrossFit, like I'm triggered, right? And it's fine to like be at a point of your recovery where you need like a hard stop on all of those things. And for many people, that's like extremely helpful. But I also feel like we, we need to remember that like exercise is inherently a good thing. Yes. You know, like we all just like just did it too much. Yeah, let's not over say it yeah like right. we just did it too much and so people get so f- afraid and I, I also was like confused about like uh exercise is like moral value now and like pe- exercising is is bad and I shouldn't mm-hmm. want to get back to it or it's like it's it could even be like seen as a bad thing that to some people that like you went back to CrossFit because I think CrossFit gets a lot of shit um in the age as it should as it yeah, should because it's like it's just like <laughs> let's just to, be real to, to go every day is is intense like, well well yeah. absolutely like let's just take a minute and so everyone knows here I was crossfitting five to six days a week when I was recovering my period I didn't do crossfit for four four to five months straight I didn't mm-hmm. do it I did not touch a metcon now I do crossfit one time a week and I'm very excited to do it because it's fun like there's the no it's right? there's no like expectation for me to go in and like red line it doesn't feel like pour my soul out and like you know yeah. have my soul crushed like it's just I have tons of friends at the gym it's going there and yes I'd like to push myself but it's it's just coming from such a different place and that's what training in general like I get excited to go to the gym now because it's just it's truly you have more respect for it yeah there's more respect for it but you have more respect for your body absolutely but yeah and there have been moments of that even too where I've kind of questioned like is it bad that I'm wanting to go back to CrossFit like I've had to question that you know even just going like one day a week sometimes I've gone two days a week um do you feel guilty if you do it two days a week there's times that I do yeah sorry (laughs) I just had to ask yeah because but I it's I'm, I'm very, I'm confident though, with my awareness of also analyzing where I'm also at just generally in life. Like I'm able to self audit myself at that point now where I know, like I've had a very intense week 
from a work, like from a work standpoint, or even just life stress. And I'm able to make those decisions of like, I'm not going to put that extra official intense stress on my body for that hour. It's just not going to happen. Exercise, like anything that's, you know, that you're doing for your health is like, people need to think about it as, as the correct dosage. Like you, you wouldn't, over consume on a medicine because we all know what what fucking happens right like if Mm -hmm. you take too much of a medicine or if you take too much like you know plenty of women um you go oh i just don't want to take those supplements because you know it i just pee it out and it's like becomes expensive you know yeah like we we and we understand over consuming supplements and medication and stuff it's like that's the same thing with with exercise and movement and it's like a healthy dosage and so you found what works for you and if you do go twice a week shit if you do three times a week um i think a big a lot of people initial like uh introduction to something like crossfit or high intensity or i know um at least like you worked in f45 they'll go in and it's like okay well what's the maximum requirement or like what are they saying is the hardest you should push and that's what i should do and if i don't do that well then i'm not doing it properly so like why Mm -hmm. all? but really um you know it's it's actually about understanding like your your let like what you should push today and so if you want to go threshold yeah yeah Yeah, it changes every day every week absolutely yeah so i guess i shouldn't say like there have been times where i think i've probably done more intensity in a week than my body was kind of ready for and that's where i feel like i've there's been moments of kind of like questioning and doubt in that way but there's I need to give myself credit also too with most of the time I'm able to make those tough decisions. Well, because you just got to think back to like, what would you have done prior to HA recovery? Even if you had that thought, you would have gone anyway, right? So like, I know for me, just before I left at the end of November to come over here, I was starting to get back into my my running and stuff. And because I wanted, because I obviously lift weights, but I also wanted to have, you know, cardio for heart benefits and things like that right so I wanted to get back into my running and I was for a little while but then it was so stressful leading up to packing and getting on a flight and leaving the country for the first time in like two years that I was just like no I just I can't do it I'm working so much I have all of these other external stresses I have uni assignments exams I was like no I'm just gonna do my gym workouts I'm not gonna add any additional things and that's you know I didn't feel bad about not doing it <clears throat> I probably would have felt a bit guilt, felt a bit guilty, sorry, if I had have done it because I knew I was already taking on too right. much. Right. So it's just finding that balance. Right. Yes, I love it. And and when you kind of like, I, and I, so I do accidentally push some, too hard sometimes, right? There's also an element of like, we, we're not here to like wrap ourselves in cotton wool or put ourselves in a bubble. You, there's also, your body's incredible and it should be able to withstand like, unexpected stress every now and then right you know and there's also value in training for that because what if that actually happens mm-hmm. you know yeah, like, mm-hmm. if, that's a good point something happens and you need to like lean on your fitness to get out of this situation so it's okay that that one time you pushed yourself uh you know really hard and you see the repercussions if you will and ha- to come full circle it's going to show up on your chart and it's okay because yeah. just like it just is a reflection of what happened and it's not good or bad i mean in fact it's in a healthy dosage it is a good thing yeah 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 you're probably right actually he's always right yeah what are you talking about? <laughs> no it's just a different it's a really um 
it's a, it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, probably. But you know, I don't have to always be right. It's fine. It's fine. You no, guys can say you don't have to. Now I'm all like behind my back. Do people think I'm like a freaking know-it-all or something? They better not. That would well, be no, nice. you just you just have all the answers. Doesn't mean you're know-it-all. My worst well, nightmare. Well, you've worked with you've worked with such a wide array of women coming with such different experiences that you've had so many conversations to be able to speak to every aspect a lot of different aspects yeah. that's good yeah thanks guys speaking of another aspect that's still on the the topic of like this step count i want to talk about step count i feel like you'd be good people to talk about this with let's talk about it let's okay go. let's go currently are either of you step counting like counting our steps on our watch sure i'm not even yeah. wearing my watch is that what we mean yeah, like, oh my God, 10,000 steps. Um, look, I went to Disney for two days at the start of this week. And yeah, I was curious to see how many steps we walked because we were there from open to close. But other than that, it's not like I, because I had to, I had to stop wearing my watch in recovery because mm -hmm. I was getting those notifications like, stand up for one more minute or you're almost at your calorie goal. Oh my God. Like, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> I had to mute those notifications. Yeah. And then I just ended up taking off my watch, A, for those notifications, and also because I was trying to study and it would just go off all the time. And then I just got used to not wearing it. So I wore it when I was around Disney because it helped save the battery on my phone, but I barely wear it. So I don't, sometimes I get curious, like say if I've had a busy day at work and I'm working around, like walking around the gym floor, I'd be like, wow, I wonder how many steps I've done. But then there'll be other days where I don't go for a walk and I just, yeah chill out on the couch and I'm not phased by it. Mm. I'm very aware of it. It has zero merit on my day or any type of um, feeling of accomplishment. So like there are days, a lot of times in the summer, if I'm taking Kona on a really long walk, I absolutely out of curiosity, I will look at my watch and look at my steps. And I, it is truly information to me. I can honestly say that. Whereas now I'm in the winter and like, we're not really, like, I really don't move that much, especially on the days that I don't go to the gym. Like I really don't move. And I mean, I don't blame you. Winter <laughs> and sometimes I almost like look at my watch. Cause here's the thing. I wear my watch because I always need to know what the date is. Cause I never know. And it's on my watch. And number two, well, I, and if I'm doing workouts, I sometimes will wear it. Cause I like to monitor my heart rate when I'm doing intensity. So like that is definitely in a, reasons I'll wear my watch but I didn't need to um, wear my watch this morning I knew I was yeah, you're, you're pretty good <laughs> you're good um but I will look at it out of out of pure curiosity. curiosity and sometimes I'll even laugh because like I'll be like how much did I even move today I'm like I have moved like 2,000 steps in 12 hours like <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know if we answered your original question. I am not counting or shooting for a goal by any means on a daily basis. However, I will just add, Steve bought me my Apple Watch for my birthday, June 2020. I started recovery in July 2020. The whole reason I got that watch was because, well, A, I have Apple products, but B, I wanted to track my workouts, steps, calories. Like, I debated on getting different models depending on, like, 
if I could download music so I could go for like literally walking and running and tracking it like the whole reason I bought that watch mm-hmm. was to track it Steve's a bit upset that I don't wear it anymore because he bought it for me right and he's like you don't wear it and I was like well I don't know it just was it wasn't good for me during recovery and I've just gotten used to not wearing it yeah yeah why why can't we just wear our watches to look at the time I mean that's why I wear my watch I mean I'm like a phone I need to know what the time is that's why I I I, I literally was like are you guys step counting and you're just like I wear my watch for all of these reasons <laughs> okay and the so, last one is step counting yeah so the step and I wanted to just bring it up because I I've been pondering on it I've been like philosophy I sit there and I like philosophize this is why you have all the answers i'm just saying <laughs> so yeah so it comes up um a lot with uh people mm-hmm. like i can't let go of my step count like i i can't let go of the step count or like there's still a thing with the step count or i'm, I'm eating more i'm not working out but like i still am holding on to step count and it is really interesting that as a like again as a society like step count is huge news right now like everyone's step counting yeah everyone your your grandma's doing it your mom's doing it your Your boyfriend's doing it it. their mates are all doing it everyone's step counting and i'm like i am curious i should look up where this where this like recommended number of steps actually comes from i'm not sure but the ten thousand steps like i think there's a you could argue it could be arbitrary a little bit if you like look into where it comes from mm-hmm. and there's been some interesting research of recent to say uh that like okay if we're all behaving in the way we're supposed to be right bringing it back to tortillas around the fire we're supposed to be behaving that way apparently so you know we like to compare western culture to tribal culture right and we right. see huge differences uh that people don't have the same issues with like their feet they don't have the same dental issues they don't have digestive issues like their verticulitis and ibs and stuff like that we can see our western yeah. society our western culture is not awesome for our health and so i think that this ten thousand steps thing is somewhat coming from there of like this is how much movement we need to be healthy and i get that but there is interesting um, research coming out that shows based on like observing these cultures and I should find it and put it in the show notes that they actually move a very similar amount to what we do, which when you think about it, I think we already knew that. Like they're not walking around the the campsite like constantly. No, they're they're just less. getting up they're not going up and down the fields they're not they're just like going to do their job and they're preserving energy and they're just like they're they're sitting in a squat position yes they're like doing stuff with their hands and things but it i i, I just think it's something to ponder on that like for those of us struggling with the step thing like i should be getting this amount of steps in because that's like poor health um i just want to question that and the, the whole reason I brought this up was, yeah, to just like plant the seed that, you know, where are you getting this idea from that you need to walk 10,000 steps a day? And it just like tracking our food and just like having to be a certain weight and yada, yada. I think it's probably pretty individualized. I think it probably would change a lot. And 
some days you walk more and some days you walk less and like tracking it yeah it's curious sometimes I went to Disneyland how much walking did I do today sure but like what's it mean you know yeah I think it's important to bring up because I know you could probably go back through my phone and have a look at the beginning of my recovery and I was like gave up all high intensity gave up weightlifting like big exercise break except I would still religiously walk three times a day and do yoga so like the behaviors and beliefs were still there around exercise it's just I wasn't doing those high intensity you know exercises that shouldn't be you know done in HA recovery or can be done but just have to be done at like a lesser intensity than I was doing them for me the thing that comes into my head is with us that have HA a lot of times it's more than just the fact that we're working out too much and we are under eating it comes down to the mental and emotional stress that we take on and how we are able to just um, deal with stress honestly and so it's another thing that if you're thinking about it or you have a goal in mind like you're just going to continue to ruminate on that and it's just another piece of ammo that is basically telling your brain that you're stressed like that's the biggest thing that comes up for me it's it's just the rumination and overthinking and emotional burden that you take on when you are thinking about that not only if you like you have a goal and you're trying to hit that number and you hit it great all that comes along with that but that feeling of oh my gosh it's eight o'clock at night I've looked at my step count and I'm three thousand under like how is that supposed which to make everyone which everyone doing is experiencing multiple times. is experiencing right yeah so you think about it's how that compounds yeah I did I didn't even like think about that one but it's yeah it's like you're just yeah you're adding to your to-do list like stop you, you you are yeah you're adding to your stresses which is counterintuitive you're adding to the emotional the emotional burden that you take on is someone that i don't know and i mean look i was doing like three 30 minute walks at the beginning of recovery and then i eventually got rid of that and would do one 30 minute walk and that was perfect it gave me all the benefits of getting outside clearing my head good for my mental health like for me i didn't need to do three lots of 30 minutes and I didn't need to hit 10 well, probably for everyone you don't need to hit 10,000 steps I don't think it's just with all things oh it's not always inherently bad right with clients that I have that are not women that have HA and we need to increase their activity I don't think it's bad to have no, let's no. try and hit a goal of this many steps a day because maybe that's their only way of oh, actually yeah. exercising like we're not we have to look at everything in the context of yeah. our situation and our personal journey it's just like you wouldn't tell everyone to eat keto you wouldn't tell everyone to um you know take a certain supplement it's the same thing and you kind of alluded to that danny but it, you can extrapolate that to so many different well, things yeah like one thing I had to keep telling myself, especially, you know, studying to become an exercise physiologist and learning about, you know, the ex exercise guidelines and the recommendations, like that's for the general population. Yeah. When you're in HA recovery, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not the general population and what that's, is being yeah. put out there that you need to 
you know, quote unquote, do for your health right. is usually the opposite. So I yeah. think that was something important for me to remember. I'm not the general, well, I am now, hopefully. Yeah, we can see where a lot of these recommendations are coming from. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not, we're not confused about like, you know, why we're telling people like walking is good for you and like eating vegetables wow. is going to help you with your health. Like, it's just that the, the, obesity epidemic is like not the issue we're dealing with yeah not even close (laughs) like the complete (laughs) other end of the spectrum yeah exactly and so it's hard for people because you know people say oh yeah but like heart health issues are in my family and it's like hey shannon if you're listening i'm calling you out right now heart (laughs) she knows she knows we've all been there she knows she knows she's called Um, us out many times yeah like you you have an issue right now but you're worried about an issue that you have like a a family history of that you don't have right now mm-hmm. like that you know so i think we just need to yeah. sit down like like write out the list of priorities and where they're coming from and what what's the issue right in front of us right now that's when we've got to address step counts not helping also just to add to that if you've got a history of you know heart diseases not having a period is probably worse for your heart health yeah like is this, you know, estrogen. yeah well exactly right like there there are other effects of not ovulating and so i think that um it, it's i like our this is why we talk about journaling and the value of talking things out out loud because when we just like let our brain make decisions sometimes they just don't make sense and you actually mm-hmm. don't realize that you're just not making sense because it just feels real and true in your head and so mm-hmm. you write it down and talked about it with a friend um you know you you can't see it for what it is oh for sure your brain can always play tricks on you yeah it you can seem so especially in so recovery obvious. especially in yeah. recovery you know your brain is trying to stop you from you know getting out of your comfort zone oh my god it's like it's trying to drag you back it's trying it's grabbing you by the ankles and it's like it's getting all of its friends and it's all just trying to drag you back down oh god so hard yeah much compassion empathy we get it oh a thousand percent Mm -hmm. oh okay well this has been a fabulous conversation about exercise i appreciate it guys um, I would love to do this again with you on a brand new topic. I find it really fun. Um, everyone, I hope you have a really great day. Go find Elise at your period PT, Abby at Abby Grimm with two yeah, Abby Grimm. underscore. Oh, no, there's actually no underscore. That's my old handle, isn't it? It's just, oh, wait, no, oh, it's, it's, it's your it's your one. handle. No, it's Abby Grimm underscore rd i'm researching it right now why don't i know that's exactly i mean that's exactly what i just said you're right you're right (laughs) no this is 100 she's still getting used to the last name i am (laughs) everything is a jumble i just didn't i just didn't change mine it was as well you have a cool you have a cool last name so danny davis i mean not to say that that is actually a very good name too Danny Davis. It's like, it's a good stage name. Oh, for sure. Yes. 
Yeah. And you know what? Just, stick to the me. stick to stick to recovery because you get friends where you meet across the world and now they're in your home. They won't leave and they're eating all my food. And they're in it's kind of surreal. So it is really cool. You know what? Uh Ashley and I are we just decided last week we're we're gonna really push to try and do like a a dinner. I already love it. Yeah, I already love it. With with lots of notice so people can fly in. And we would love everyone and anyone is welcome to come. And it would be, you know what, if only three people show up, fine. But if like 10 can, One, two, that would be <laughs> can we do it be before <laughs> end God. of February? Oh God, that's oh, not enough know. time. Uh, you just have to fly back. Can we just do like one? Just fly back so, in. Yeah, fly just back have to in. fly back in. Yeah, what it's like across the border. It's fine. Or, or are you going to be back in Australia? What border are you talking about? She's going back to Australia. Oh, no. It's already time? Yeah, March 3rd. Okay. I know. Well, we're going really to have to discuss. Honestly bullshit. We're going to have to discuss some things offline, I think. Um, all right. I love you guys. I hope you all have a really good day. Love Thank you, you for tuning you. in. And this we'll is awesome. Time. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about TempDrop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature this includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons, like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, 
even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.